You're listening to the Daily Audible's weekly fantasy football podcast. Everything you need to know to build winning lineups for this week's games in 30 minutes or less. Now, here's your host and fantasy maestro, Chris Lawless. What is up, Daily Audible readers and listeners, and welcome to our DraftKings College Football Week 6 podcast. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Draft app, the number one rated fantasy app in the App Store, and the only app where you can do snake and auction-style drafts um, that last one week or one day or part of a day. Um, use the promo code AUDIBLE, and you can play for free this week. Okay, so looking at uh, this main slate on DraftKings for Saturday, it is a 10-game slate. Um, some, I mean, the usual suspects at the top of the uh, implied totals list, Alabama, West Virginia, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Michigan. Um, you know, five of Vegas's top six uh, power ranking teams are in this slate uh, with Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, and Oklahoma, uh, the only team out of the top, or not in the top six that's not in this slate is Georgia. Um, so as you might expect, there's some lopsided lines, um, and that always results in you know just kind of some hard to project volume. Um, you know, looking at Alabama, you know they're always tough to project, but you know you, we know they're going to have you know um, you know maybe two rushing touchdowns and three passing touchdowns or four passing touchdowns it's just a matter of who gets those you know does Hertz steal one of the passing touchdowns um does you know Judy have a multi-touchdown game receiving which means that the other receivers don't do anything it's just it's hard to project we don't you know generally we don't target a ton of uh the Bama guys until they get into some tougher matchups where it's a little easier to project volume um Kansas, West Virginia, we kind of talk about the game flow um, in the article, but it's going to be really tough for Kansas to do anything here because West Virginia's got a top, you know, 30, top 40 run defense, and Kansas only wants to run the ball. So um, if they're not able to sustain some drives early, they could get down double digits in a hurry, and this could be a this could be a mess for them. Um, Texas at Oklahoma. Uh, it's another one where, you know, the Texas defense has been improving and anytime, um, anytime you get these rivalry games, they're kind of tough to, tough to project cause you don't know, um, exactly what's going to happen. And, um, talking about, uh, Tom Herman in general, you know, you put him in these spots where he's an underdog, uh, I believe it's eight points right now. Um, and he just outperforms it every single time. You know, you can go through his track record. He is outright winning these games, I would say, you know, 80% of the time. Um, so, you know, plus eight Texas is a, is an attractive play if you're, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but I would expect, you know, maybe Kyler Murray's, Murray's production to go down slightly this week. Um, you know, Trey Sermon is, is just, impossible to project right now um in you know the fact that kennedy brooks came in last week and had eight for 107 and two touchdowns is 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 even more frustrating um but uh okay next game maryland michigan um 
another one where, you know, kind of the game flow is the key here. Uh, Maryland's not going to be able to move the ball at all in Michigan. They just don't, they can't do the things you need to do to have, to find success against this Michigan team. Um, at the same time, Maryland's got a really good defense. So this could be a low scoring game. I would, I would, I would think it won't be, um, we do expect Michigan to put up points. You know, they'll just play their game. They'll play, they'll play, um, they'll, you know, they'll run the ball a ton. They'll play field position. Kind of, kind of like the game. If you look back at the game last year, I think it was 42, 14, something like that. Michigan won. Um, but they didn't have a ton of production. You know, I think, um, the quarter Brandon Peters threw for like maybe 150 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you'll see a similar sort of game this, this year, you know, maybe 35, 10, something like that, where, Michigan dominates, um, dominates possession, you know, Higdon will get the ball a ton if Evans isn't, isn't active and, um, you know, he might only average four yards a carry, but he'll end up with a hundred yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, okay. Uh, Northwestern at Michigan state. This is one, um, another one where, you know, just kind of looking at it on paper and it's not super attractive. Neither of these offenses are explosive. Both defenses are are pretty strong. Um, we mentioned the article, Michigan State's pass defense is, is struggling this season. I think they're giving up 290 yards per game. So that's something to keep in mind. LSU, Florida, that's one to write off entirely. Uh, two quarterbacks that can't throw, two solid run defenses, two boring game plans. It's going to be a low-scoring game, not a great DFS option there. Um, Iowa State at Oklahoma State, um, you'll see some of that for sure in our article this week. Um, that was a game last year that Rudolph threw for 400 yards in. Um, I think uh, Montgomery actually had three touchdowns running in that game. Um, so that's that's one to keep on your radar. It'll probably be one of those higher scoring Big 12 games. I think Iowa State's you know one three. They're struggling. Um, they're probably better than what their record record would tell you right now. But at the same time, it's a one and three team on the road facing a, a really good uh, Oklahoma State team. Obviously, we expect Clemson to to dominate Wake Forest this week. The game's in Wake. Um, it won't matter. Uh, could be another big volume game for for Etienne. We'll we'll cover that up in a minute. In a minute here, because um, there's certainly some Clemson players on our boards this week. Uh, <clears throat> FSU at Miami is one of those games where it's tough to project. Um, you know, Miami only. Miami's found success by jumping on teams early and then just running the, the clock out. I don't know that they can do that against Florida State because Florida State's so solid against the run. But at the same time, you know, are, do we have any confidence in Florida State to move the ball on Miami? It's a, it just makes it a tough game to project overall. Um, <clears throat> I, I will say n- none of the players from this game made our made our article, but I will admit that I have some shares of Jeff Thomas. Uh, I think Miami is going to have to throw the ball some. Thomas is the best receiver on the team. He's the number one receiver on the team. He's the most targeted receiver on the team. So if they do throw the ball, um, you know, we haven't seen a ton of uh, of uh, Nikosi Perry yet, but I, I think he can throw the ball better than what people are giving him credit for. Um, on the year, he's what? He's 34, 51, seven touchdowns, three interceptions, but um, he will... Uh, He'll have to be a little more active in this one because I don't think Miami can just come out and run the ball on this Florida State defense. Um, Indiana, Ohio State. Okay, so this is an interesting game as well. Um, it's been higher scoring that you would than you would think in recent years. Um, Indiana has been willing to try and throw the ball on Ohio State. I don't know for sure that they're going to do that again. I don't expect um, 
I don't expect for uh, Stevie Scott to be particularly successful on the ground this game. He might see volume um, just because Indiana is going to run a ton of plays um, as they usually do against uh, Ohio State. I think Flago threw the ball 60 times in this game last season. So um, that's a volume game worth looking at. Uh, Ohio State is kind of like Alabama where they're, you know, they're hard to project. Uh, Dobbins hasn't had any success. Weber hasn't had any success outside of week one. So the running game has been hard to hard to project for Ohio State because they haven't played the toughest schedule. At the same time, they haven't you know been able to run the ball on anybody really. Um, and maybe that's a result of going from you know being so RPO heavy with um, with last season's offense to this season's offense being a little more pass heavy. Um, and then the same thing with the with the receivers. You know they really have you know, four or five receivers that they're throwing the ball to, um, which makes that kind of hard to project because, you know, it could be any one of the guys on any one of the days. And, and for the most part, they're all pretty well just balanced out. You know, if you if you kind of look at Paris Campbell, for example, his game log, you know, he's 14-12-17, um, and then he's got, the, you know, an explosion game where he had 8-150 and 2 against, against Tulane. So really hard to use their receivers just because they're so inconsistent you know you're not getting the the 3x every week like you'll find out of uh, some of the other guys priced in that same range okay back um let's just jump into our picks for the week at quarterback um at quarterback we are rolling with taylor cornelius and peyton ramsey um cornelius uh at home, Iowa State again. We mentioned that one and three Iowa State team, and if you if you look specifically at Cornelius, um, you know obviously Rudolph was a guy that everybody loved to own last season in this Oklahoma State offense. You know Gundy tends to throw it a ton. He's got a productive running back in Justice Hill. They just they just don't commit to it. You know he had thirty carries last week, but um, if you look at his 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 uh, game log for the season. He doesn't have another game over 15. In fact, he's got three under 12. Um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to, to roster Hill knowing that the usage is that inconsistent. But at the same time, it's a good thing for Cornelius because, you know, he's going to throw the ball a bunch in a good matchup this week. Um, we mentioned in the article that uh, if you look at the guys at the top of this slate, they pretty much all have a 4x ceiling for their for their value. You know, I would I would. You know, I would argue that maybe Tua doesn't because, you know, his his workload is nowhere near as consistent as the other guys. Um, but, you know, other than that, I would say, you know, Forex would be a stretch for Lawrence. Um, Haskins could probably hit Forex against Indiana. It seems unlikely, but, he, he, you know, the Indiana secondary is slightly, you know, underrated. They've, they've, they've actually been pretty successful this season. Kyler Murray's probably not going to put up 41, 42 points against Oklahoma. Um, Will Greer, I don't know if Will Greer has hit 40 points this season. He may have done it once. Yeah, so he did it once. So uh, he has a 4X ceiling. Um, and Kansas would be a spot that you'd expect him to, to have a good game. But it's kind of like, you know, if you look at those ceilings, um, I think I think 4X is a, is a reasonable ceiling for Cornelius. He's hit it three times already this year. Um and given the matchup, given, you know, the way he played last week, I think he's a good bet to at least reach 3X. Um, and he's the cheapest of that group, you know, looking at that top tier of quarterbacks. He's the cheapest of the group. 
he's been the most consistent in the group, and he has arguably the best matchup of the group. So um, Cornelius is our pick um, at the top of that price. And then if you're looking for um, for a value value play at quarterback, um, we're big on Peyton Ramsey this week. We kind of mentioned it earlier. Indiana is going to throw the ball against Ohio State. They will be able to move the ball against this Ohio State defense. It's not the the defense we've seen in recent years, and um, particularly so without Bosa in that pass rush going. Um, Ramsey will have some success this week. Um, you can play him. Uh, you can you know if you're if you're doing a GPP, I would consider. Um, stacking him this week uh cash games i probably wouldn't even bother um i believe oh i'm gonna pull up the the current injury status uh here for oh uh yeah so fill your it looks like fill your he's still questionable they haven't given an update on him so um, he, they may be without failure, you know, you'd like to see him play for sure to give them an option opposite Nick Westbrook. But, um, I'm, either way, we like Peyton Ramsey, 4,900 is too cheap. Same thing, um, that we saw, uh, a couple weeks ago with the Kent state quarterback, you know, you get a quarterback this cheap in a game where they're going to probably be trailing, you know, we know they're going to throw it a lot. Um, and it's not, you know, the toughest matchup. It's not the, you know. It's not like playing Alabama this year or Ohio State last year. You know, they'll be able to move the ball on this Ohio State defense. They moved it on them last year. Um, okay, so let's jump to running back. Uh, we mentioned this, um, you know, I've gotten emails about this already. Uh, not a great week for running backs here. I don't love the value. Um, you know, Feaster's a guy that we gave last week as a value play, and, you know, he only hit, like, one and a half X. Um, but, it, but like, you go back and look at that slate, there really wasn't value to be had, and I think this is the same situation here. Um, you know, I'm not going to try and sell you on any of these guys uh, priced under 5000 really priced under 7000 You know, you kind of get into that area where Trey Sermon hasn't done anything. You know, it's hard to project the Alabama guys. The Miami timeshare is hard to do. The Ohio State running back yard per carry sucks, and, and the timeshare is rough. And, you know, the same thing with the Michigan State guys. None of them are averaging four yards per carry. They're all split the carries equally. Um, it's it's just a mess uh, at the running back position in this slate. Um, you know, you love the matchup for the West Virginia guys, but, again, you know, they don't get the ball in the red zone. They're kind of padding Greer stats there for the Heisman. Um, and, and again, they're getting balanced carries. So we're paying up at the running back position. We'll find value elsewhere. We like Etienne. We like um, uh, Higdon. Um, take the volume. I will say if Chris Evans plays for Michigan, he's actually a better matchup with this Maryland defense than Higdon is. And, you know, he gives you pass catching ability, whereas Higdon is strictly a runner. Um, so I would, I would consider, I wouldn't necessarily consider starting Evans coming off the in injury, but I would consider somebody else if he plays because it'll limit, you know, just how much workload Higdon gets. He probably will stay under 15 carries and won't catch the ball if, uh, Evans plays. So then I would look, you know, maybe you, maybe you roll the dice on Montgomery and hope that that injury is not something that, that, that limits his workload this week and, and hope that he can get something going against Oklahoma state run defense that is usually pretty sound but that he had success against uh last season um 
Okay, so clearly we need to find some value at the receiver position if we're gonna if we're going to. I mean, we have a value quarterback, but there's no value at the running back position. Um, the the top priced receiver that I'm targeting this week is Marcus Sims. I wrote in the article that he's the number one receiver for West Virginia. I mean, uh, obviously everybody knows that Sims might or not Sims, but Sills is arguably the most talented receiver. Um, he's seeing bracket coverage on every play. He's, they're still targeting him on those deep passes, but um, the defenses are trying to take David Sills out of the game. Um, easier said than done, but nonetheless, it's kind of created an opportunity, and it's it's a similar si- situation that we saw last year with Jennings, where Sims is getting all the targets, Sims is getting all the yards. Um, the, the touchdowns haven't been there yet, but you know he he actually leads a team in um, uh, explosive rating, efficiency rating, yards per target. Um, he's catching, he's closing the gap on targets. He is the guy to um, target right now in this offense, and clearly this is a good matchup with Kansas. Um, clearly Sims is probably going to get the number three corner here again, and it's a spot that Greer will be able to exploit um, and likely will this week. So uh, Sims is the guy above 6,000. He's the only one on our on our list this week. Um, moving under 6,000, Felton Davis is, uh, you know, he's preseason first team all Big Ten Um good numbers last season i think he had you know maybe 800 yards and nine touchdowns on the year last year slow start to the season only has one touchdown he's only averaging 13 fantasy points per game which is um less than uh three x's his current salary 5600 um northwestern you know we saw last week you know michigan really struggled to move that front seven really struggled to run the ball you know they have an all-american linebacker and then they have a, a, a defensive line that can kind of protect him and let him shut down the running game michigan state can't run the game so, or run the ball anyways you know they're averaging 3.3 yards per carry on the season their top running backs averaging 3.6 yards per carry their lar- longest run of the year from a running back is 17 yards um, it's just a spot that state's gonna have to throw the ball a bunch um, and you know you look at the wide receiver depth chart it's it's gone. It's they're gone. The receivers are done for Michigan State. It's it's Felton Davis and then uh, nobody. I mean, I I guess you know if you're a Sparty fan, you're you're hoping that someone you know can show up this week and play. I think Stewart is technically still questionable, but um, it's going to be Felton Davis getting ten you know ten to fifteen targets this week. Um, and the, this Northwestern secondary is beatable. Um, you know, the, the numbers aren't terrible because it's a Pat Fitzgerald defense and their schedule hasn't been, you know, too terrible versus the pass. But, um, you know, uh, we did see it in week one against Purdue that this secondary is vulnerable. And Felton Davis certainly is a guy that can that can abuse a mismatch. Um, and then we've got Flynn Nagel coming in um, at 4,700. He's in, on the other side of the ball. He's the number one receiver for Northwestern. Kind of a similar situation to Sims where he leads in every statistical category other than touchdowns. Um, he should be in line for a decent game as uh, Michigan State's giving up either kind of the similar defense where they're giving up a ton of stuff in the passing, uh, in passing, but they've completely taken away um, the run, so they're funneling opponents to the pass, um, which should be good for Flynn. He, um, you know, he's, he leads the team in targets and in receiving, and he hasn't put up the, the – um, the touchdowns this season, but he, you know, we're, we're guessing that he finds the end zone in this one. Um, as it seems pretty unlikely that Larkin or the Northwestern running, running game gets going. Um, 
And then obviously you have to have Landon Wolf on your on your radar, especially if you like Cornelius this week. Um, Stoner's out. McCluskey, you know, announced he's going to transfer, so that kind of really thins out the passing options here. Um, you know, just looking at uh, at the receiving depth chart, you know, you've got talent there. Um, Johnson was a guy that we came into the season expecting to target a bunch. He's a guy that he's talented. He's, you know, supposedly he was going to step into that, into a, a bigger role with Washington, um, with Washington, you know, going in the NFL draft. Uh, but it, it just really hasn't happened. The targets aren't there. Clearly they don't see him as a high volume player in this offense. Um, and, you know, there's, there's other guys that you expected to step up, right? Like, you know, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, certainly you would have wanted to see some C.J. Moore this season given what's happened to the receiver depth chart, but it just hasn't happened. It's kind of created an opportunity for Landon Wolf to become the dude in the slot here, and he took advantage of it last week. I mean, uh, Cornelius only completed 15 passes, and six of them went to Landon Wolf for, you know, 116 yards and a touchdown. I think he had, he may have had like four for 106 in a touchdown at halftime or something like that. So um, definitely a guy that should be on your radar. And at 4,200, a really good value play in what should be a decent spot this week against Iowa State. Okay, so those are our picks for um, this slate. Like I said, we should have a FanDuel article out tomorrow. We're definitely going to have a Yahoo article out. We had a, a ton of feedback on that, and guys want more Yahoo content. So we're going to have a Yahoo uh, article out tomorrow for sure. We should have a FanDuel College football article out tomorrow afternoon. Um, and we might have one more podcast on Saturday that covers both of those and some um, game day notes, I guess, for the NFL as we get into that and some kind of waiver wire things you can do to play matchups if, you, uh, if you're slacking this week. So, all right, good luck this week.